Greetings, this is Pastor Thomas A. Deloach, and this episode is brought to you by To Empower You, a podcast dedicated to helping young adults and young couples achieve their goals and dreams from a biblical context. From a biblical context. Pastor Thomas A. Deloach. Hello, and thank you for tuning in to To Empower You. I am your host, Thomas A. Deloach, and I'm so glad that you decided to connect with me for these few moments in time. And today, I want to talk about your word is your bond. This is a teaching podcast, so go and grab your Bibles, as always, and take some notes. Got some really good things that I want to share with you. Here's my quote of the day. Notice what it says. You have to talk, live, and think a certain way to be successful. Now, let's look here at Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 37. This is the ESV translation. Matthew 5, verse number 37. This is a really powerful scripture in my opinion. But notice what this says. Let what you say be simple. Yes or no. Anything more than this comes from the evil one. I think this is really good. When I look at this and I title this show, Your Word is Your Bond, because man, I could really go forever and a day, especially in this time and day in which we live when so many people say something and they just don't do what they say. And I'm telling you, it has really aggravated me, y'all, because I think we as Christians should really understand the importance of this whole thing, meaning your word is your bond. When I was growing up, I would hear older people say, you know, your word is your bond. And now that I've gotten a little older now, I really understand what they're saying. And at the end of the day, it really means this, that you should always keep a promise. Now, you may say to me, Pastor Delos, that's really hard to do because we are imperfect. We're flawed people. You know, we have the best of intentions. Is it really possible to keep a promise? Now, if you say to me, you know, yeah, we are flawed. We're imperfect. You know, we do have the best of intentions. We fail. I'm with you there. None of us are going to live anything remotely to a place of perfection in this body. But if you were to ask me, do we need to think before we speak? Do we need to really ponder things before we tell people we're going to do something? That's what I'm talking about. We really have to think before we speak because as believers, now I will say this, I know people who not saved. I know people who don't even read their Bibles, who don't even believe in the whole entity of God. Seemingly, They keep their word more than church folk, more than Christian people, more than people who say that they're disciples of Christ. I think that's an issue. I really do believe as Christians, as believers, we should really be leading the way in this thing called your word is your bond. And this is not something that Christian people came up with. This particular phrase or whatever you want to call it has been around since I was born and even before. But the reality is, man, we have to make sure beyond a shadow of a doubt that what we say, as the scripture says, yes or no, that's it. That's simple. This is why I truly love God's word. It's so many reasons why I do. But one of the number one reasons is it's very simple. We make hard things 
so difficult? Why are we making things that are so hard? It's not supposed to be this hard. Things in the word of God, when you really have a heart to do what God wants you to do, this stuff really should be easy for us, especially if it's something that you want to do. And I'm telling you, man, the more that I do business with people, the more that I interact with people, I don't get it, man. I just don't. You would think that adults would be adults. You would think that when you're talking to somebody and they say to you, I'm going to do this for you. You should be able to walk away from that conversation and have full confidence that the person that you're talking to is going to get the job done. But unfortunately, people don't do it. And then they ghost you. (laughs) They just, I don't know if you've ever been ghosted before. But you're talking with people, you think the conversation is good, you think you got to buy in, you think that this thing is going to trend in the right direction, we got an agreement, and then people just stop communicating. What is this in our time where people think that it is okay to just cut off a conversation? And you wonder where people learn this. Do they learn it in their family, in their upbringing? Do they learn this from society? Do people just pivot and think they don't owe people an explanation? I don't get it, but I'm telling you, and this podcast specifically is for serious-minded people who really want to be empowered and empower people around them to say, you know what? No, we're not perfect. No, we're going to make mistakes. And yes, You know, I may have had the best of intentions, but one thing I'm not going to do is be immature in the process. This is what I want to do today. I want to give you five things that I want you to consider, especially if you want to be different than everyone else. And that's the key. Your goal in life as a Christian is to trend to be like Christ because he was different than anyone else in his day. And no, we don't want to make no excuses. And that's another thing. We got to stop making excuses about bad behavior. It's just not good. The Lord frowns on it and I don't like it. And I'm sure as you're listening, you don't like it either. And we really need to be empathetic when it comes to dealing with people because we all coming from somewhere. But I want to tell you something. People in this time, they need something to believe in. And they need someone to believe in. Why not allow that person to be you? Be that person that somebody can look to and say, you know what? One thing about brother so-and-so, one thing about sister so-and-so, they are dependable. Their word is their body. I can trust them. You don't want to be the kind of person that nobody can trust. And so let me give you a couple things here. Here's number one, because we're going to try to organize this in a systematic way. But number one, is to be organized. When you are cluttered in your life, when things are cluttered around you, it's a representation of who you are. Someone with a nasty house, something in them is not right. Something in them is not together. Really, this is a manifestation of who we are. When we have just piles of stuff, paper and debris, and we collect things and things is just here, there, and everywhere. You may disagree, but this is a problem within a person's life that they don't have things organized. When we're talking with people, when we say we're going to do something, this is what I mean. 
when we're talking about being organized because we often make promises impulsively, but we can't do that without forethought. So organized means you have a plan or a way that you operate in your life. As a Christian, you should wake up with a plan. You should wake up with a plan to go about your day. You should wake up with a plan about how you're going to deal with your children if you have any. You should wake up dealing with your spouse with a plan in terms of how we're going to get things done. If you don't have a plan, one of the things we do, we just start talking. We just start saying things impulsively. We don't think before we speak. We do things and then we come back and say, oh, you know what? I had the best of intentions. But here's what we're trying to do. And you'll hear this again throughout this show today. We're trying to build some trust. You know, trust is like they say trust is like a glass bottle. You know, when you're building trust with people, you can see through it. It's clear. You know, you can hold it. But then when you drop that glass and it shatters that glass is everywhere. It's literally impossible to find all the broken pieces of glass and put it back together. And as easy, or should I say, as long lasting it is to try to build trust with people, because that's what we're trying to do. You can break it in a moment just by something you said, and somebody was depending on you to get something done. And again, you may say, but man, I, I'm not perfect, but, but I want you to hear my heart today. Stop with the situations where we're saying things that we simply just don't have no interest in. We got to be organized in our thinking and the way that we're going to do something in the way that we're going to behave in the way that we're going to put something together. Uh, organize your thoughts, sit down and think about the people in your life. And before you say you're going to do something, make sure that the things in your life are systematic. Make sure that the things in your life are right. Make sure that the things that you're going to tell your son or your daughter or your wife or a family member or a co-worker or a boss, especially in the workplace, man, because when bosses hire you, they think they're getting a solid person. They they really think that they're getting an individual who's going to be about what they say. But many times it falls short. And I've always said that time is a revealer of all things. We'll sit in front of somebody and we'll try to market ourselves. And we'll try to say what we're going to do. But the truth is on the inside, your boss don't know this, but you could be a fraud. You could be a fake. You could not be the real thing. We got to start being the real thing. Be organized. Stop with the impulsive things. When you are dealing with a grown person, a man or a woman who's 10 toes down, you are hoping that when they say something out of their mouth, they are going to do it. So I want you to take some time and be organized. Write some things down. All right. Here's number two. Be motivated. That would really help in keeping your word. Be motivated. In other words, it's much easier to keep a promise when you genuinely want to do it. And I've dealt with people my whole life, especially as a pastor and a leader. Many times when I'm sitting down with a congregational member or sitting down with someone who wants to work within my business or within the ministry, you know, I'm asking them, you know, what do you genuinely want to do? in this church? What do you genuinely want to do with your life? And many times people say a bunch of things, but I try to get all the way down and ask them, where is your motivation? 
What are you motivated to do? What is something that keeps you up at night? Because if you can really get down to the heart of the matter as it relates to people, most of the time people will keep their word as it relates to something they're excited about. Something you're not excited about, you are simply not going to do. That's one side of the coin. The other side is stop doing things you don't want to do. It's okay to say no. Why is it that we feel many times in relationships that we just have to say yes to everybody? But when we do this, we're not building credibility. We're just not building trust. We're not building respect. And people want to be respected. I don't know anybody that wants to be disrespected. But one of the best ways that you can be respected with your peers, with people that you're dealing with, is to be motivated. Because there are so many unmotivated people. And it's nobody's job to motivate you. You have to have your own motivation. If you tell somebody you're going to be there at 9 o'clock, be there. If you tell somebody that you coming to pick them up, be there. Even if you got to fall on your own sword. Again, the scripture says, let what you say be simple. Yes or no. That's it. Anything else comes from the evil one. And this is what you have to learn to do. In your motivation, in your dealing with people, you got to come all the way down to who you are as an individual, because really people that cannot keep their word, they got character flaws. You might say, well, we all do. Yeah, sure we do. But some of us have learned to own our character flaws, but not allow it to get in the way in relationships and the way that we deal with people. So again, it is so easy to keep your word when you motivated to do it. Again, in my ministry, in my church, anybody that's a pastor, they understand that the greatest commodity that's in the house is people. But getting people to keep their word is so difficult because maybe they feel pressured. Don't feel pressured to do something. You got to know what's inside of you. You got to know what you're working with. All of us are not working with the same skills, the same gifts, the same talents, the same energy to do certain things, but that you know that you are motivated to do. You got to keep your word. And here's one of the things that happens when you keep your word to something, you can take this to the bank. Something is going to come up that you may want to do, but you promise somebody else what you going to do. Call them on the phone and say, oh, by the way, you know, this came up. I'm going to come and do this or I'm going to go there with them. No, you can't do that. Somebody's depending on you. Somebody rearranged their schedule. Somebody blocked off some time. And time is a great commodity because I'm giving you my life. I'm giving you my wisdom. I'm giving you something that I thought you would respect and honor. And so we got to come all the way down. What are you motivated to do? If you don't know what you're motivated to do, it's important to stop telling people you're going to do something. You're telling them you're going to be there. You're telling them I'm going to show up. People are looking for you. Now, again, I would rather somebody look me in the face and tell me no a thousand times as opposed to telling me yes. Because if you tell me no, it's already done. I know I don't need to look for you. I know you're not coming. But when you tell me yes, believe it or not, y'all, Somebody has some expectation. They are expecting you to do what you said, which leads me to point number three. Don't overpromise. Man, have I, boy, I could go all day with this one. There are so many people who overpromise. This is what this means. There will always be an occasion when you know that you just can't deliver. So watch this. Be honest about it. 
Again, I have talked with people as a church leader, as a pastor, I've sat across from them. You know, I'll say, okay, hey, this is when this particular ministry meets, or this is what I need you to do within this job. And they say, oh yeah, I can do it. You know, I can multitask. And oh boy, that's another one. To me, multitasking is not good. I'm going to tell you why. We have sold this to corporate America. We have sold this as a gift, a skill, and a talent. But let's be honest. Would you hire somebody that could do a bunch of things, but none of the things that they can do is good? No, nobody's investing in that. Multitasking is really not good because I want you to be able to focus on one thing at a time. It doesn't matter to me if you can type 50 words a minute, you know, you can prove this, you can do that and the other all at the same time, and then the final document is trash. What good is multitasking? I want people who can at least say, you know what, these are the two things I can do and I'm going to focus on it one at a time and it's going to be excellent. So stop trying to overpromise something because you want somebody to see you in a light that you can't produce. See, your gift can get you in the spotlight, but it won't keep you there if you can't deliver on what you said. So be a person that can say, you know what, I can do this, but I can't do that. You know, I can do this but I can't do that. We have to learn how to operate and flow within our means. Because again, there's always, you're going to always be tempted to try to oversell yourself because you need a job. You want to, you know, hook up with a young lady or, or a young man. And this happens in relationships all the time. We're sitting across from somebody and I always say, when you meet somebody, you meet their representative. You generally don't meet the real person. Three months, six months, a year, two years down the line, as you get into any relationship, you find out who that person really is. And then you find out they may not be what they said they was, because I don't know what it is. It's something about, and I don't want to say this is just Christians. This is everybody. I don't know what it is about people that they feel like they have to be something that they're not. I mean, this could be a topic or a show for another day. But when I'm dealing with people, I'm just like, man, listen, be yourself. Because the reality is I'm going to find out and you're going to find out who you really are. I'm, listen, I'm going to receive you. I'm going to accept you for who you are. But don't try to overpromise something just to get the contract or just to get me to like you or to get me to see something that you say you can do. And then I find out you can't do it. We see a lot of this in jobs, in corporate America, in marriages, in every genre of life. It just seems to me that people have an issue not being themselves. Be who you are, but get better. That's one of the things that I tell my son. Be who you are and get better. Don't make excuses. Don't overpromise. If you tell somebody, you know what? I can commit to Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, then say that and do it. Don't tell somebody you can commit to every day. And you, first of all, you know, you don't even want to be there every day. You know, you can't be there every day. I always tell people that are coming into our ministry. And I know I'll keep saying this because I'm a pastor, but I want you to hear me out. Always tell people in any ministry that we have, always say to them, keep your time, your time. In other words, whatever time you say you're going to commit to, keep it that way. Don't try to oversell me and make me think that, you know, you can give me this amount of time and then an hour before or two hours before or a day before you coming to tell me and we got a big day coming up. You telling me, hey, man, I can't come. No, that's not good. 
You're breaking your trust. You're breaking your word. Say what you're going to say and do what you're going to do. Point number four, be principled. This is probably one of my favorite ones out of these five. Be a principled kind of person. In other words, showing and understanding right from wrong. Now, in my opinion, this is probably a big one because it seems like today people don't even know what's right versus what's wrong or they choose not to know. But either way, be the kind of person that chooses principles over emotions. You might want to write that down. Be the kind of person that chooses principles over emotions. Listen, I've been there. You've been there. We have made some decisions because we were too emotional when we should have been principled. In other words, when I'm a principled type of person that I'm not going to be emotional in a moment when I need to choose that this is the right thing that I need to do. See, when emotions are high, logic is low. It just runs out the window. But you got to make sure that when you are dealing with an individual or contract situation or you're giving your word that you're going to do something, always do the right thing. You got to check your emotions because emotions are like a thermostat. They can go up and down. They can just in and out. It's just there is no stability there. You don't want to be dealing with people that are like that. And no one wants to deal with you. If you are like that. So we've got to understand, get your emotions in check because that's what ruins relationships. I'm going to tell you, that's the number one thing that ruins relationships when you're dealing with a person that is too emotional, that they don't know how to slow it down and say, you know what? I'm going to do what is right. Now, let's look at the definition here of what it means to be principled. A person, or should I say a principle, is a fundamental truth or a proposition that serves as the foundation for a system of beliefs or behavior for a chain of reasoning. In other words, when you are a principled person, you deal with truth. Truth is the word of God. Truth is something that never changes. When we read God's word, this is one of the reasons why we can trust him. Because you know his word ain't going to change. Because he's not going to change. So when you are a principled person and you want people to respect you, stop changing based upon the weather. Stop changing based upon emotions. We got enough people around us who are not principled, but you want to be the kind of person that when somebody looks at you, they say, you know what? You never change. Monday, you the same. Tuesday, you the same. Wednesday, Thursday, it doesn't matter. Whatever I find this individual, they are always the same. You know, somebody I was talking to a couple months ago, they said, man, Deloach, one of the things I like about you is, man, you never change. You always the same. And when I heard that, I'm, I'm thinking, is that not what I'm supposed to be? But the reality is there are people around us that are not that way. They change all the time. They have no principles. They have no foundation, no kind of integrity inside. Somebody got to be able to trust you with something. Somebody's got to be able to look to you and say, you know what, man, this guy is. And, and, and the reality is that's probably the greatest compliment you can get is that you never change. I love people like that. I'll do ministry with those kind of people. I'll get in the business with those kind of people. I'll be your friend forever if you never change up, if you never switch up. I got a friend of mine. He had a 50th birthday party and I went and celebrated it with him. And I looked him in the face and I said, man, I've known you for 32 years. And I appreciate the fact that you never changed on me. 
You don't switch up. You always consistent. You are who you are, man. This is what I'm really trying to, and, and I don't know if this, what I'm saying to you today is helping you. I pray that it is. One of the number one things I want you to get out of this show, be who you are. Let your words speak for who you are. When people, when you tell people you going to do something and you walk away, they ought to be able to say, you know what, man, he going to come through for me. We want people to come through for us. I'm going to say this to you. Do you come through for other people in your relationship? Prayerfully, you do. Here, here's the last thing and I'm done. Finally, be sincere. That's the key. For these other four things to happen, this has to happen. Be sincere. That's all you got to do. Let's define this, that you're free from pretense, deceit, proceeding from genuine feelings. Prayerfully, you are a genuine person. You a genuine guy. You a genuine girl. There's no fake, no phony, no, pre no pretense, uh, no deceit. Anytime you say something, people can say, man, he was really genuine. I hire somebody that's genuine. They may, they may say to me, you know what, pastor, I don't have this. I don't have that. I don't have the other. But you know what? I got this. I got that. I hire them over a person who got all kinds of skills and talents because really what I want to deal with is a genuine individual. Somebody, what comes from the heart, it will reach the heart. Because see, I can train you. I can send you to school and get you some skills, get you some talent, get you a college degree. We can do those things. But you know one thing you can't give people is genuineness. You can't give it. They can go to school forever and still not be a genuine person because those things come from the heart. What kind of person do you really want to be? People say they want to be genuine, but see, only God can change your heart. Only God can touch your heart. Only he can drill down inside of you and help you to understand that you are good enough the way that you are. But when you get in a relationship with the Lord, He's just not going to keep you the way that you are. He's going to push you so that you can become better. He's going to push you so that you can become just like him. That's what we need in this world today. We especially Christian people. We need to be more like Christ. And when we're more like Christ, that does not mean we look down on people. That does not mean we judge people. But we want to show people that, you know what? The God of this Bible, I'm striving to be like. And one of the best ways you can do this is keep your word. Your word is your bond. So here's again, I want to recap. Number one, be organized. Number two, be motivated. Number three, don't overpromise. Number four, be principled. And finally, number five, be sincere. If you put all of these things together, trust me, the person that you desire to be, if you really practice the practicing, if you really genuine and sincere to put this together, watch, you'll be a better husband. You'll be a better wife. You'll be a better person. You'll be a better leader. You'll be a better friend. This is what we're trying to do as we're walking through this thing called life. We want to be better. Well, that's all that I wanted to share with you today. I hope that this helped you in some word. Your word is your bond. 
Keep it in your heart. Tuck it in your heart. Become better than what you are because somebody is depending on you. Again, if you enjoyed this show, shoot me an email at info at thomasadeloach.com. Do it today. Go to my website, thomasadeloach.com. If this is the first time that you've ever listened to this show, I pray that it captivated you in some way, helped you in some way. Share with a friend, a family member. Check out my advocacy Connect with me. I want to build a relationship with you. One of the things I thrive on is consistency. I want to be a really consistent voice in your life, someone that can push you, motivate you, correct you because, hey, man, we got to become better. So I want you to stay connected with me. Listen, I'm praying for you as always, man. Believe in God's best for you. I really do genuinely want you to win in life. There's room at the top for all of us because God's children, he died for us. He bled for us. Let's not allow his death to be in vain. Go about your day knowing that you are victorious. Until next time, be empowered. Thank you for listening to my show to empower you. If you were blessed, inspired, and encouraged, please send me a praise report, prayer requests, or show ideas to info at thomasadeloach.com. And follow me on Instagram at Thomas A. Deloach and Facebook at Dr. Thomas A. Deloach. And remember, you can go to my website anytime at www.thomasadeloach.com. Until next time, be empowered.